Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us for another episode of 911 Delta, Tethered for Life. This podcast may not be suitable to all listeners due to language and subject matters. Please listen with care. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of 911 Delta, Tethered for Life podcast. We're your hosts, Casey and Anna. So last week's episode, we had an amazing guest, Mark Smith, who has had a unique upbringing in South Africa, almost becoming a priest before entering the public safety world. Tonight, we continue with part two of From Clergy to Top Gun. So grab those headsets. Let's talk. Welcome back, Mark. What did you do after aviation? I was um, squad supervisor um, at, um, in Mount Vernon, and I loved that. Loved that. Is such an awesome squad. I made some good friends on that squad as well. Um, and then I was also an internal affairs investigator. And you, you don't get, you don't voluntarily go there. You get voluntarily. <laughs> I was there for two years. Uh, it was not my favorite assignment, but I mean, and it's, you know, why they? I mean, in this book, you realize that there was very few bad apples, you know, that you work with. A very few, and most of our time when I was in that session was is is defending the officer, um, and they did nothing wrong, you know. And uh, people would make these wacko allegations against, and you have to spend so much time and effort into what, and and the poor officer is going through this this whole process because there's accusation against them. And, and there are times yeah, we had to get rid of a couple of bad apples. Um, and but we didn't, you know, he did it in dignity. You know, and I, I remember one time we had to, one had to get rid of one guy, and he he thanked us for the way we treated him. Towards the end of my career, I did um, work for the narcotics unit, and that again was just I'm like, well, I'm, in my mind, I said, why didn't I do this earlier in my career? But that's where my career ended was. With law enforcement coming out of narcotics unit, you know, there's a supervisor there. So, and I love that, you know, just like I said, working with phenomenal people. You know, Do you have from a favorite like patrol. Um, I think each of them have, I did not like internal affairs. I, I'll tell you, that would be at the bottom of my list. Um, it's just that I just wrote, you had to write so much. And I just, it was one fun. I like the operational part of stuff. Um, I love doing that type of thing, hands on type thing. I'm not a big, I didn't like doing a lot of admin kind of stuff. It's hard to choose. I'll be honest with you. It's very hard. Did so, you ever yeah. have any um, problems like trusting your, their squad? Uh, like if y'all went uh, on certain uh, calls? Honestly, really? no. I awesome. never, I never, ever had that issue. And I think it talks to your leadership. And um, we were very um, close. Um, and like you know, all the squads I've been on, every one of them. You know, we would sit as you know at the station, sit around the table, eat our dinner, and just talk. You know, just talk and and have you know, things a lot now. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, we did things back then you'd never be able to do now. Nothing illegal, anything, yeah. but just couldn't do it now. It's just, it's, yeah. um, I think that's like a just a general breakdown in community and society. <laughs> and say so, you know, that's what I said about some of it. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the same that. The camaraderie, I don't know, it's, it, it, from what I see, it's just not the same, you know. And, but I tell people, do you remember when uh, like, when you first started, the old guys then were saying, oh, it's not the same. It used to be, you know, you'd hear that. Yeah. yeah. Now you become the old guy and you're saying, you know, <laughs> oh, it's not the same. Right. It used to be. I mean, when you're a leader, you got to remember that. you got to be able to adapt as well. I mean, at least the young people, you know, when they come and join, they are bringing some good things in. And you got to learn to adapt to some of this. 
And I always just tell people, listen, the youngest person on your squad, and you could have come out of the academy yesterday, has a say. Um, you know, let them talk. And you always want them to voice something. Yeah, they, they might, you know, who knows when we get, they might get a bit of flack from the office senior guy, but you're going to let them talk. You're going to hear them out. Listen, so I mean, you remember you were once that young guy. I, I, that's one of the things. Always have that young guy feel comfortable or gal feel comfortable to talk. You know, uh, don't be afraid to say voice your opinion. You know? I think as a dispatcher, um, you don't sometimes know the end story, huh? So you dispatch something, and then you don't really know what the outcome is. If I had the ability, I'd send them dispatch a message or something. Hey, this is what happened, and this is the outcome. Or when you have a chance, give me a call, you know, and, and just kind of debrief them on what happened. It just gives the dispatcher some sort of closure of what occurred, you know. Uh, that, you know. that was always nice. We never got that too often, but. Yeah. But I think it's important. Really, really, really good dispatchers. They just were so good at communicating. I think sometimes, sometimes, you know, you get frustrated with the dispatch. I mean, honestly, you get frustrated. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and vice versa, you get frustrated with the cops as well, you know. Uh, yeah. Any advice for dispatchers dealing with their law enforcement counterparts? What did you appreciate about a good dispatcher or what what kind of advice could you give them when they get a little um, frustrated with their law enforcement partner? I, I'd say don't, don't hold it. <laughs> you got to vent something out, that, you know. Talk to somebody because what you don't know, you don't know sometimes. Eh? So if if there's something that's bothering you, well, you call, talk, talk to that person. Um, I think also being a good dispatcher is being a good listener. Especially in high-tense things, if you get so worked up, just don't get frustrated with the cop at times when they're not answering the radio. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. has a little... <laughs> a little tude. She, she, somebody would get a little tude with that. That was yeah. one of the. You know, and it comes across eh? when, when if you're on the radio and I have the attitude, I'm like, what the f? You know, and I, like, I, I don't say it, but in my mind, what the? You know. But again, that's like, all right, maybe it's something I that we need to. Uh, hey, can I? Or call me? Okay, you know, I'm sure you've done it. Hey, can you call me? All right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Work it out, you know. And sometimes you're like, okay. It sometimes is a tense situation, mm -hmm. um, and you both, you, everybody has a mission they're trying to accomplish. And if they're part of their little mission is not working out right, you know, it can get really frustrating. What's your advice for people dealing with that work-related type trauma? And it might be the same thing you just said about working out your issues. But what what's your advice for people going through that? Find a mentor, or, or don't hold it in. Um, and don't be afraid to go talk to somebody about it. Uh, it's not worth it. I, I've been through so, so many traumatic things, and, and and I've spoken to people. I went to talk to people about it. Fortunately, we had um, on our agency, we had full-time psychologists, and you would open, you can go talk to them. Um, as all confidential. Wow. Another thing is don't hang around all law enforcement friends. Have <laughs> other friends. So, <laughs> right. Because you end up be talking about the same stuff all over, over, over mm -hmm. again. Okay. Have have people that have totally different careers, do totally different, do something, play golf, do whatever it might be as well, um, but do other stuff so that you, you can talk about other stuff. And Awesome advice. Yes, indeed. Yeah. What are some of the most challenging situations you've 
had to encounter in your career and how did you handle them? Sometimes making a decision um, that you just like, am I making the right decision on this? And as, as, as a supervisor, especially like, if you don't know, you don't know. Don't pretend you know, you know, uh, because you'd lose trust um, at that point. And tell people, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. I'll get the answer. But don't pretend that you know it when right. you don't know it. You're not going to, it's no good, you know. Um, <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> that is very yeah. good advice. <laughs> yeah. Go into another jurisdiction um, and you and it's a hard call or something and you cannot communicate. The challenge, mm -hmm. how do we come about this challenge and trying to figure out a way around something? And that happened multiple because communication was a tough thing or something. And back in the day, it was really hard because we didn't have as easy as how people are patched together they are now. Right. Um, back in the day, was, sometimes we had to land, pick up somebody, they'd have a radio, and you tell them they'd radio down on the, on the, on the car. And it's just figuring how to get through the challenges. Can you describe a situation where you had to make a split-second decision that significantly impacted the outcome of an emergency? Yeah, so I, mean, I remember in patrol one time. I was young in patrol. It was um, evening. We went to a uh, noise complaint, uh, just a normal noise complaint, okay, an apartment complex. We parked our cruisers up high. We were walking down, and we could hear the noise. It was people being loud in the parking lot, nothing crazy. We walked down. We, we announced ourselves, and the kid turned around, and he pointed a gun at, at me, and I pulled my gun out. And, and it was just like that. This kid, all the way, I pulled my gun out, he pulled the gun, and it was a toy gun. At the time, you know, you, it, it, he, it, it was so quick. The kid turned the gun, I pulled my gun, and he dropped it right away. And it was, I, it was so close. I mean, and I and I look back at that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, what, what that could have been life changing, you know. Obviously for both, you know, him that right. kid. Was, uh, this kid was only like <laughs> four years old, and wow. um, uh, yeah, and I'll never ever forget that because that was such a close situation where it could have been really really bad. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Woo. Yeah, I know. I remember we had a robbery, a, a bank robbery. And I was actually training as a sergeant at the time. So I was with the guy training me. And we happened to come around and we saw the bad guy jump the fence. And then we jumped the fence and then he went into an apartment. Um, and it was only one way in the apartment and one way out. And there's a crawl space and the door was open in the crawl space. And we're like, that guy's down in the crawl space. And so we backed out. We knew he had to be a canine come down. And it was, I remember this was also during the Santa ride at this time. And of course. Uh, yeah. And so <laughs> the guy was in the canine, went in there and the canine ended up with that to shoot the guy and could he pull the gun uh, at the time on, and, you know, and then we had to pull him out. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. That's crazy. Then you pull him out and I was doing CPR on the bad guy, you know, trying to save the guy, bad guy's life. You know? Another one is where we were flying and we were chasing a car. There was a car being pursued. Back in the day, um, the circus was at George Mason uh, University. You get notice, you know, notice, hey, they're going to be marching the animals down 123 <laughs> to the circus at middle of the night. And the pursuit was going towards the, uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> the marching these animals, elephants or whatever. And fortunately, again, that car 
happened to turn off. Oh my God. That could have gotten interesting. (laughs) Since you came from South Africa, apartheid and discrimination and all of that, when you came here and started working in law enforcement, do you feel like it's the same challenges? So yeah, uh, so I grew up in the apartheid system. So I mean, I right. I mean, I I we were there. I mean, whites only fountains. Uh, um, black people never uh, you never interact. You know, you had um, you never ride in the same. You never went to the same schools, segregated schools, um, restaurants, everything. Uh, that's how I grew up. But I was so fortunate when I when I was growing up. My parents, you know, um, and we were brought up to uh, as to Everybody's treated equal. Uh, everybody's a human being. You 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 treat people how you want to be treated. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was tough for the black person or uh, in, in South Africa. I mean, horrible, absolutely horrible. You know what they had to go through and everything. Um, but we were so fortunate that 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 our parents, my parents, brought us up the way we did. Um, and I remember. Um, and I was getting my marriage license, and we were in New, New Mexico. I was in, in a courthouse, standing in line, and the guy behind me um, um, is here. We had an accent. Oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from South Africa. But he goes, he goes, well, but you're white. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but Africa has got a bunch of white people living in Africa. You know, it's just not black people that live in Africa. But and, so I was just like. Uh, that kind of blew me, you know. I didn't. Um, I was young in the country at the time. I mean, I just immigrated. To, I mean, just came to the United States in end of '89, and this happened in '90. You know, so in, in a few months later. Um, yeah, is this discrimination? One hundred percent, there is. I mean, and sometimes I would say, sometimes I would, ex- sometimes a little bit worse here. Yeah, I would see it a little bit worse. Yeah, it's hard to explain. I'm talking back, you know, not now. And I actually talked about this today with a friend of mine who is happens to be a black guy. He's a fellow police officer. He's still active. And I said to him, I said, um, you know, we're, we're talking, the subject came up. And I said, do you, have we, I mean, I can't speak for myself, but you, I said, you mean, have you ever, he said, honestly, Mark, he said, from fellow employees, meaning people you work with, never. He said, I've never, ever experienced that. He's about 20-something years, 20-something years of the agency. We had great, very good training, and there was no tolerance for such thing, you know, zero, and rightly so. You know, now my my career, after my second second career, and I travel a lot. And it's funny, is we all have the same basic human needs, uh, meaning um, I don't sit down, I might be a different religion, different color, different whatever. But our needs are the same at the end. We all want just live in peace. We just want to have um, good education for our kids. Uh, we just want to have um, good health care um, and just live life. And it's okay to be different. It's okay to have differences because if we all were the same, it'd be crazy. I know it wouldn't be right anyway. So yeah. it's okay. It'd be and, boring. Uh, yeah, it'd be boring. And the problem is, you know, the, the, both sides and the extreme get all the noise, yes. and that's what the the attention is on, and which is that's mm-hmm. ah, so frustrating. Most people just, hey, we just want to get along. And if you think about society, you know, like 
You think how many cops are running around? There's only a handful, but there's hundreds of thousands of people living in the county. And most people are behaving and getting along. Did you ever feel like it's hard to keep that mindset, though, that you're only dealing with a fraction of the population? You know, to remember when you're out there and you're wearing a uniform or whatever it might be, fireman, policeman, whatever, and somebody is mad or is angry at you, it's not you. It's that uniform, okay? You, you, they, they will call you up and down, do whatever, and, and it's difficult to keep your emotions in check. Because I mean, you got, just remember, it's not, it's not really you, unless you've personally done something. You know, maybe they're mad, right. but, but, um, right. but for the most part, it's it's because you're representing something that they don't like. In your opinion, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that law enforcement and emergency medical services face today? Wow. Uh, I really think recruiting or getting good people right now, I think that's a huge challenge. When when I got hired, okay, this is a, I'm in this for the long run. This is my career. I'm in it for till, till 25, 30 years. I don't know many years you're going to do um, to get to your retirement. I, I don't think it's looked at that as much anymore um, as oh, I'm in this for the long haul by younger gen. I think it's just like could be a stepping stone to do something else. I was listening to a podcast with Dave Grossman, actually, who was on. Um, actually, it's a Navy SEAL whose who's podcast it is. You know, he was saying back in the day, you know, if something happened, we'd all go down, you know, we'd help out. Everybody wanted to be a cop or a fireman, you know, because we were helping. And that's why all of us joined the military. And, and now he's like, nobody wants to deal with anybody else's shit. Yeah, right. right? I don't want to be a cop because being a cop is dealing with other people's shit all day long. Yeah, yeah. Right? And think about it. Yeah. There's a lot of negative stuff towards law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, like, who wants to be part of something that nobody likes you? I think also another thing is I think communication skills with the younger, the newer officers coming on is difficult. When we were younger and we came in, you know, we never had cell phones. We, we had to communicate with people. Uh, and mm -hmm. I saw this in my own kids. If they had to deal with somebody on the phone, it was difficult to communicate for them because they, ne they never had to. Everything was done through a text or an email. I think that verbal skills or that interaction with humans. And, and I'm also talking about like um, confrontational. So even like if something becomes confrontational, how does the young officer deal with it? Now it's difficult. I mean, I remember we, as as youngsters, we'd get into you know, fights and sort out things. I mean, I'm not saying it was the right, but we got into. I mean, we would sort things out. Yeah, I don't think it's the same. The young person today hasn't had a lot of conflict that they had to do in person conflict. So, and I don't know. I let my kids fight it out. I let them argue all the time because I'm like, yeah, yeah. You guys, you got to figure it out. You got to how to talk to people. You have to figure it out. Yep. And mm -hmm. like, if they're not nice, if they're, you know, they start name calling or they do, okay. then I say, hey, yeah. we got to figure out a different way. But I'm not going to, I don't, you yeah. know, I don't break it up. I just say, hey, that's not acceptable behavior, yeah. right? Because exactly. they got to figure out, you know, you you got to be able to talk to people. Thing and think through dispatches. And it's, it's so difficult as well for you. Then it's like constant training, and then the load on on the people that have been there forever. You know, it's just it's that you know you got to bear the load and bear the load, and then and then and then, and then comes a point like I'm up here, I'm done. 
handle right. this anymore. And the yeah. same thing with the interpersonal skills. I mean, yeah. as like when I started there and was training people, like when I trained Anne on fire rescue, yeah. it was awesome because she already knew how to talk on the phone. Like she had dispatch yeah. experience too, but people from our age group, we knew how to use the phone. But then, you know, fast forward a few years and now we have to teach people how to talk on the phone. I remember before Ann left sitting across from her, she was training somebody. I was sitting on the fire radio and this person answered the phone and had this painful conversation. Of course, I could only hear their half of it. I think the the trainee got up after the phone call and I was like, Ann, who was she talking to? And Ann says, oh, one of the deputies. I mean, this girl couldn't even carry on a a pleasant conversation with a coworker, yeah. let alone a raving citizen. And I'm like, oh my God. And Anne's like prompting her, you know, say, have a nice day. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 it's like, come on, this is basic stuff. The other night, I don't think we talked about this last time, Casey, that what we should have, because we had two guys on their tractors playing demolition derby on a private road because one of them was putting in speed bumps and the other one didn't want them. Oh, Lord. Over Christmas. Come on now. Come on now. You got to be able to talk these things out. We don't need to be, you know, driving into each other. Oh, it's the 4th of July. And you have people going about the fourth, the fireworks. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? They're going to send a cop now to go Fourth of July because right. of fireworks going on? Yeah, is it illegal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, oh, I hate to go into those type of things as well. I'm like, yeah, I might take a long way around to get there. Yeah, I'm like, oh. gunshots. Yeah, yeah. People want to call. Oh, they're shooting. No, they're not. Sh- they're shooting fireworks. Yeah. What would the experienced yeah. Mark want to tell the young Mark? about law enforcement and public safety. Take care of yourself. Invest early in your career. So whether it's in your own retirement plan as well, and I thank God I did that in the beginning as well, is if it's 50 bucks, put something away. Invest <clears throat> for the future. And and think about what you're going to be doing next as well. Don't give up. I mean, if, if something that you want and it doesn't come to you right away, It'll, it'll, it'll come. Just work at it. You know, maybe the time is not right. It's very important that don't take things personal. Also, um, be very level-headed. Enjoy. Have fun. Enjoy it. Um, because, uh, honestly, when you're in the, like we talked about, when you're in the moment, like, holy cow, I mean, this is dragging on. This shift's dragging on. Then you look back, I'm like, holy cow, it went by 25 years. Boom, gone. You guys have kids? Yeah, the next minute, my, like mine are 30. I'm like, what, what I mean, I can't believe your kids are 30. <laughs> I can't oh, either. It's crazy. Enjoy the moment. Just savor everything. And and listen, your personal life comes first. So my, my son, his commander, get, wrote a card. And I, know, I wish I were. I think of something like this. Um, wrote a card to the significant other, so the wife or whoever, or the boyfriend or whatever. Wrote a card, personal handwritten card to each of them, thanking them for allowing their significant other to be in the military for what they do and for being a part of it. 
And as his gift to them, he said, use this card as um, your pass to take Gavin anytime you want it during the work. So you can have him whenever. This is my gift to you. So when he's, he's scheduled to work today and you want him to be off today, you write me a note. I want Gavin for myself today or whatever. That's my gift to you. My like, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. And now that you are on to your second career, what would you say about your law enforcement career looking back on it? And I just said, like, everything I wanted to do in my career, I was able to do. It was very tough leaving. I will say after a time, and the hardest part is that missing that camaraderie. And now you have to knock at the door. You can't just walk in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and not being in the know, you know, also not knowing. Like, I wonder what's going on. Why yeah. Not being in the know is a sort of tough thing, but it's okay. And I, I mean, now my, and I'm retired, and my second career is, is, is really awesome. And I look at what I had and what I have now, and and, through, and it was law enforcement career gave me that. I mean, what I have now. I mean, I, I mean, I just from being an immigrant, I'm an immigrant, and and then coming and. Looking at what I've achieved and and uh, what our families achieved and uh, what our kids are doing and 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 now it's just amazing. Well, I, I I don't know if I've ever would have had that opportunity, you know. Right. Um, who well, knows? You guys are like the American dream. Uh, yeah, it, like, amazing. I well, mean, Mark, just... we it was such a pleasure having you and of course listening to you, which I've been good. <laughs> I haven't said nothing about your accent all the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've been so quiet, just listening. <laughs> but we appreciate you taking the time. No, I appreciate you having schedule. me on, and uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing. And I think what you're doing now, and getting this, you know, just having people talk, you know, is great because you can hopefully your, you know, your listeners will get something out of it. We have a great time doing it. So, and I wish you all the luck, and because I'm listening to them now, and Anna and I are listening to them as well. So. Yay! Uh, but we've got to catch up. So, but uh, we'll, yeah, now we got to go listen to what I sound like when I'm like, oh, geez, I sound like this, you know? <laughs> right, that's the worst. Oh my gosh, <laughs> do I really sound like this? You know? So, yeah. Getting used to hearing your own voice, man. Oh no, oh, no. Oh, no. it is like, uh, like that. Anyway, so, but you guys, I appreciate it. Um, I wish you guys uh, all the best for 2024, you know, and I uh, thank you for what you guys are doing. Thank you. Same so, to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. All right, guys. All right. All right. Good night. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Take, all Bye. right. Okay, guys, before we wrap it up, we want to shout out to everyone who's working out in all this cold and snowy mess. And I don't know if you guys remember, but a few episodes back, we had someone write in about their comp center possibly being consolidated so it would be like a city county thing where folks would that have been there for years wouldn't get to keep their benefits and all that horrible stuff well shout out to annie who let us know that the mayor has decided not to switch things up so that's great news for all next week we'll dive into what makes us tick or glutton for punishment if you know of any dispatchers that have gone above and beyond we want to hear about it let's acknowledge the best for doing the best Yes, guys, we want to hear from all of you about your perspective on public safety and the people who are doing it greatly. So write to us at podcast911delta at yahoo.com or hit us up on the social media. You can check the show notes for all your links and addresses. 
Keep listening and following or subscribing to our channels. We're even on YouTube now. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye.